Hi, Diana. Hi, Dina. I'll be right back. Lori, your sister was just talking about a book, and the first word word was unleashing. Do you know what book it was? You're muted. Okay, there I am. I was trying to put a headset in. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called Unleashing the Soul of Money. Of money? Okay. Uh-huh. It's an audio book, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. She's on the second one, I believe. There's two of them, and I don't know if they have different titles. Okay. But, um, the first one Jennifer recommended on community, I mean, on uh, Masterful Living One, and that's what they're looking at is money, those books. And so there's two of them by, is it Lynn was the author? Did she give you the author? Lynn Twist. Lynn Twist. Lynn Twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So the Good. first. The first book's called The Soul of Money. Oh, yes. And then, okay. and then the audio is Unleashing the Soul of Money, I, I think. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. So, Lori, are you listening to the Masterful Living one, and are they talking about that right now? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very good. I would recommend if you okay. have time on Monday nights. It's been good. Okay. Yes. Very needy. Very meaty. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my um, commitments this year when I had my New Year's resolution is to listen to MLC1 weekly, MLC2, be in the community calls, read A Course of Miracles. Um, and so, so that's what my journey is this year. <laughs> Yeah, it's been good. Great. Been good. Mm-hmm. So Dina, can should we pray in? I'm just looking at Dina and she's there she is. I'm, Hi. I'm still eating. I just flew in, so I'm I'll c- turn my camera off while you guys pray in while I finish eating. Okay. 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 Who wants to pray in? How about you, Tracy? Okay, I'll do it. So we place our hands on our heart. Just take a breath of love and gratitude together. We're so grateful for this time that we can share and for our community. For all who will join us this hour and and later, for Jennifer and for the just all of Masterful Living, everybody involved, and pray for a blessing for for everyone. We're grateful to come together and to share our ahas and our growth and our 
prayer requests and questions just to have a time of learning together. We intend that this would be a time of healing for us and expansion, love and clarity. And we're just so very grateful for all the healing, all the learning, all the growth. Our intention is to place all the blocks to the awareness of love's presence and the expression of love in our lives on the altar. We want to let go of anything that is blocking us awakening to remembering our true identity as divine love. And we're so grateful for the ways that we see this happening in each other and in our midst. We're grateful for our oneness and for our holiness. We're grateful for love and for peace and for joy and for forgiveness. We ask that we'd be following our guidance this morning as we spend this time together, listening as to what we should share and how we should share it and how we can listen and how we can best support one another on this beautiful journey. We share the blessing of our time together with everyone because we know that we are one with them. And so it is. Amen. 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 Beautiful prayer. Very nice. Thank you. Well, I can I can start out by telling you guys I am so happy today. <laughs> Great. Um, I'll just contagious. We'll catch that. Yes, I'm sending it to you. Just, just a, <clears throat> you know, trying. I've done done a lot of. Um, anybody who's been following any of my conversations knows that I've, I'm really reaching out, stretching out in many areas. And when I woke up this morning, I had the, the doubts, you know, the doubts were slapping me all around. And I said to myself, you know, I just, I don't want that anymore. I just, I just don't want that. So um, I determined that today when those thoughts came to me that I would just say angels, angels, angels three times. <laughs> so it, uh, and it, it just, it, it worked, you know, so anytime, any kind of, you can't do that or you're not good enough or any kind of doubts came in. I just said, angels, angels, angels. And uh, it's just been a great morning. And I'm, I've made a lot of connections for the little business I'm trying to put together. And it really, it doesn't, it does mean that I have to put myself out there a lot. It's, that's the type of, it's a collaborative um, business where I'm trying to bring programs, people, places together in a community where 
the community probably it, it's not going to work in a community like this. It's real small. So I've really got to hoof it and meet people. And I had to go to two or I chose to go to two challenging yoga classes this morning. <laughs> so I, my body just about gave out, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's where I needed to be and who I needed to be around and the conversations that we had afterwards. And I'm just, I just feel very blissful right now. Grateful encouraged I feels like I'm in alignment and oh I like it so much better than that ego crap that's like you can't do it and you're no good and you're too old and why are you doing that nobody blah, blah, blah. just like this just feels so nice just a blissful like you're aligned it's more like you are aligned you did you were with the right people and it's just a feeling of just I don't know, some kind of like, I don't know what this feeling is. It's not one I have very often, but I like it. It's just kind of running through my body and it feels good. So, mm-hmm. so um, I have had a contentious at best relationship with angels. So today I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy that the use of calling to them was successful for me. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so beautiful, Dina. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Yay. I know that when I step out like this, Dina, when you're stepping out and you're on a, because you have the spiritual life that you have, it's like stepping out on a very mature oak tree. But you're not just hanging onto the trunk right now like you were in your old job. You're actually out on the limb, so to speak, but you know, knowing that the angels are there and, and that you are on the, a solid base of that tree still. But it, I think it's, it can bring up a lot of the, the stuff that, wow, that's a neat angels, angels, angels. Yeah. And it's, and you're right. It does feel the two year, I guess we're, what are we, we're on about two years of our practice now. And, um, yeah, I, I've put the time in, I've done the personal work. There's no reason why I can't, align and be have it be work beautifully it's a challenging community to do this in but that's okay i've already i've already created some changes here and i I know that it'll align and it'll be okay i just have to be there and do it and trust that it's going to be okay but uh, those voices do get nasty they do (laughs) they want to tell me lots of you know the insecurities from that i think it's um Probably the inner, I don't know who's, what it is. I don't know if it's like the, some of it might be the inner child and teenage memories, the insecure memories. Others might be processing through the thought system. I'm not really clear on how, what's, what that is, but what I'm appealing to the angels for is to keep that thought system at bay. You know, the rest I'm just, you know, it's my responsibility to talk to my inner children aspects and encourage them. You know, that's my role. And, but that thought system is just so discouraging. So, yeah, I've, I've read something that I wanted to share. I think this is, uh, it's in um, the game of life and how to play it. And Lisa Natoli is doing this book. I, it was written in 1925. And um, this is what I wrote down this morning. The master thinker is an artist and is careful to paint only divine designs upon the canvas of his mind. 
And he paints these pictures with masterful strokes of power and decision, having perfect faith that there is no power to um, writing. What is no power to mar their perfection and that they will manifest in his life the ideal made real the game of life and how to play it is where it came from but i love that the master thinker we're, we're creating that canvas and i even thought about how to really presence that in my life my sister is a an artist she paints and i thought wow wouldn't that be something to put up a canvas a painting canvas and you're painting all of the, you know, just like the vision board, you're painting all of the different things in your life, but it's um, divine designs upon the canvas of his mind. And he paints these pictures with masterful strokes of power and decision, having perfect faith that there is no power to mar their perfection. I just think that's perfect. Wouldn't that be, oh. I've always heard of a tapestry where we're weaving it, you know, where it's needlepoint. You're weaving the tapestry and on the back is a mess. And on the front is a beautiful um, picture of uh, what you what your life looks like. But I kind of like this painting one. That's so beautiful, Lori. That's really hitting me. Can you read that one more time? I'm trying to write it down. The, well, of course, of course. Strokes. Of yeah. power and decision. And then what's after that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Um, having perfect faith. A power and decision. Having perfect faith that there is no power to mar their perfection. There it is. Oh, wow. Beautiful. And that they will manifest in his life the ideal made real. And I love it. And careful to paint only divine designs. So as we get up, we have the design of angels. So we can say angels, angels, angels. Mm -hmm. And now, so Dina on her canvas has angels painted. Right. Yeah. It's very similar. I get the connection totally. Huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Who's yeah. the author of that book? Ooh. Um, well, I'll go show you just a second. Just so wonderful, Dina, to watch this unfold in your life. It's really, really beautiful. I'm enjoying it very much. <laughs> if you could have seen me early this morning, you would have been, oh, oh, no, poor girl. But, you know, it was just, I think, I think what Lori's describing is I totally, totally Get that. Florence Shin. Wow, I can't read that. You can see. I yeah, Florence, Florence F-L-O-R-E-N-C-E, Shin, H-I-N-N. And what what I did is I bought the complete works. Mm -hmm. What's the game of life and how to play it? Your word is your wand. The secret door to success and the power of the spoken word. Wow. And... 19, I think, 25, the first publishing date. Yep, 1925 is when it was published. And my sister and I were talking, and our mother 
actually had this book and read it. So that was kind of, what? She already had everything? This was already in process before (laughs) we were born? This is crazy. (laughs) But it's been so much simpler. So I, Dean, I I got up too this morning and and, um, I've been doing the inner child work and mine is healing relationships. And um, when I visited with Debbie about it this week, she said that a lot of people have to do this twice, two weeks in a row because they can't. And I thought, oh, no problem, because I was in a really good space on Thursday. And I got up this morning and I got so hooked just by the name of it. And I read through, um, I read through what the healing relationship should be. There's a workbook that comes with this. And I started to see my inner teenager. She's not happy this morning. She's just not happy this morning because it's dealing with my brother, this healing relationship that came up. Um, but this is what you're to do with relationships is you're supposed to have a a blending so you have a visualization of blending with the person so you think like so I was I'll give my brother as an example so I was to do you're actually supposed to do really safe people and this is not a safe person and maybe this is why I got a little side swiped because it says that you blend with the person so that you know that they there's a light between your light essence and another person's light essence. Then it says, let that bridge allow a flow of peace back and forth between you and the other person until you are blended. What was a bridge now becomes one continuous light and you feel the oneness. And so I actually ended up I actually ended up going to the beginning of the book and having to write down at the beginning of the book, there's this angel and she's holding a crystal ball. It looks like with an inner child in it. And, but I had to go back and, and I just had to say to myself, all is well, you are guided, you are loved, you are innocent. There is peace. There is joy. There's no battle. You have choice. You are safe. You are taken care of. You are guided. Listen and you will find peace. Ask for what you want. So I, I, I yeah. So I'm holding that canvas. Hi, uh, Lori. I did that exercise. I guess it was last year um, when I went through the program and I had, was in a particularly, um, I don't know what the descriptor would be, challenging relationship and had some issues pop up. And I tried and I tried and I tried and tried and tried to do that bridge visualization and whatever was in me would not allow it. I could probably do it now, but at the time there was just some aspect of me was just like, hell no, we're not doing this. Uh, uh, there's no going to be no bridge. You know, this. <laughs> I try, I remember trying, I hadn't thought about that for a long time until you brought that up and I distinctly remember that. There was a no-go on that. Mm-mm. It's interesting because when – and now, have you all done inner child work, Tracy and Diana and Rand? Not in this way. What's this woman's name again? You guys have mentioned her, Deb, Debbie. Dexter. 
Dexter, yeah. I've done inner child work um, okay. more like from a psychotherapeutic view mm-hmm. quite a while ago. I'm sure it was still helpful. But this yeah, is- her program is um, Pathways of Light, and she was 2010, I think, one of Jennifer's first students. And so she that's why she offers the Pathways of Light. She's a minister through the Pathways of Light, so she offers it to all of her students uh, at no cost. As a, uh, I guess, as in a gratitude for what she got out of Jennifer's program. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She said that she actually was, she met in Jennifer's house. So she, it was one of the first, and she met in the house with Jennifer. And then she said once Jennifer went online, it just, you know, exploded. But um, it's really a good process. It, it really, um, I really have enjoyed it. Um, my my seven and eight year old child, my inner child, boom, wham. Once I hugged that child, once I got it, once I understood all about it, wham. I was I just have the most compassion about it. And then this teenager comes up and just will fights me. And you know you just kind of take a look at um, when you go through a meditation and you just take a look at um, your higher self coming to talk to your. Um, inner child. So it doesn't matter what age it is. I guess we all have different ages that we go through experiences that stop us. That's how I explain it. Because I was stopped when I was in a car accident when I was little. And then as a teenager, um, you know, I really uh, was, um, I felt like I could live by myself at 15 and be just fine. And my parents wouldn't have it. And so there became a big, big struggle on the whole thing. But um, but uh, so I, I, I've realized since I've been working with Masterful Living how stopped I am in certain aspects. When certain subjects come up, I just get that hook. And then I can and I haven't been able to pray it out um, or, or even know what to ask for. Uh, no, no, my doggy. Um, I haven't even known what to ask for when it comes to the teenager. And so, um, and so today with the healing relationship, my brother and I had the strongest problems together when we were about, when I was about, you know, between 15 and 20. So as I, um, want to make peace with him, I want, you know, I meditate and then I, really ask for guidance and I'm just teenage stuck still about the whole thing. So it's really interesting that, um, you know, I can have so many miraculous things occurring and going, wow, wow, life is great. And then certain topics and subjects just get that um, hook in me where I'm just unable to receive guidance. So yeah, I I had the same, same exact issue when it, when I realized my inner child was really playing havoc with my spiritual growth, when I went to the um, counseling, spiritual counseling training intensive, it was really, I was really embarrassed. I could, I, and I was in a lot of pain and it wasn't going away. Now for me, it's a little opposite. Like my inner, inner child, the littler one, probably about six years old, something like five, six years old is a brat. I mean, what, or, you know, just a very, um, Give me the phone. I'll send the text. I'll, I'll take the wheel. Let's just drive off the mountain. All right. She's just like so full. Like, 
passion. Now, my inner teenager, though, is quiet, shy, reserved, unsure, um, but has a lot of thoughtful, deep, insightful questions. And so sometimes when I'm driving to work or, you know, it pops up in the morning, I, I have to have a conversation with that part of myself, you know, like, especially around the, this, this question of dating, you know, that she has got, she has so many questions. And I just, I just had to say to her, you know, um, I don't know the answer to those questions. I don't, I don't know, but I do know this, that, um, we'll together, we'll just take it one experience at a time and, you know, and we'll, we'll see maybe what was true when you were 17, maybe those things have been worked out. Maybe those things are or aren't true today. And we'll, we'll just, we'll just find out. We'll see what's true in the moment and deal with it. And when we'll deal with it honestly and with a higher perspective, you know, the higher perspective to come in. But, um, yeah, that's so you so you have these and who knows how many more aspects. And you know what I wondered, Lori, like as we sit right here right now, we could be creating inner aspects for when we're 90 years old. <laughs> so something today that happens is like flag. And then you're like 90 and it's like, oh, when I was 59 and you got this inner 59. <laughs> so you got to pay attention today to all the things and questions. Yes, yes. Let's paint a divine campus, a uh, canvas, right? <laughs> put put divine ideas. Now we're more aware. Yes, yeah. we are. Yes, we are. So uh, who's 59 in all this here? Did I hear someone say 59? Me. I'm 59. You know, I'm 59 too, so we're the same age. Yay. What, what year were you born? Uh, 59. Me too. July. I was born July 1959. I was born in June, 59, so uh, I'm a month older than you. Yeah. <laughs> we both look great for 59, don't we? <laughs> My 17-year-old doesn't agree with that, but... Uh, I do. <laughs> you, you, you tell them that uh, you know, on this group here, we think y'all look good. <laughs> yeah, do. She's like, she's like, what has happened to your body? You know, I don't get this. <laughs> What are those things on your face, those wrinkly things? And where are the pimples? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's all perspective, I guess, from where you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I decided to come in and join this morning. I needed to have some fun laughter because I just got done with one of those half an hour, 45-minute chats with my wife about, things and uh, so I needed a relief. <laughs> <laughs> We've been in our church we have um, it's called Ordinary Faith and it's um, uh, the, the best uh, it's just so it's almost like a unity church in a way because it's I don't know it just deals with today's life and we've been going through um, conversations about marriage and relationships and so the uh, minister has taken um, every Sunday and has given a lesson on getting along with your mate, what to do, how to love them, said that men need respect, women need love, and there's a totally different way to to treat love and treat respect. And um, it has been phenomenal. And I've just been really um, grateful that, 
the conversation is out there so many times in I think in religion it's um so it can be so like old time 2000 years ago bible stuff and I just love how it's just put into this day this life and how there's different seasons in marriage and um and one of them is is uh the third level would be emptiness so I don't know where it fits in but when you're first married it's more like a fake thing because you're really you're trying to be the ideal but you're actually showing the other person what they want to see and then there's the second stage of chaos of marriage and then the third stage is emptiness and the fourth stage is communication and actually uniting but and some people can stay in the chaos stage and some people stay in the emptiness stage but he reassures us that each stage is normal so a lot of times when we go through things we think stages are not normal like i can look back i've been married almost 38 years i can look back and go i wish i would have known that that the chaos stage which i stayed in for quite a while um was normal <laughs> and then but and then when you feel like you don't have anything in common that that's normal and um so and then the third or the fourth stage so it's uh, really a, a nice way to look at it can you see any in there i would love to chat with this guy because i would blow all his theories out of the water it's my relationship lori <laughs> yeah. is, is your uh is the minister <laughs> drawing from a certain it sounds like a book or an author and and who He's would got, that be He's got four books. Um, wow. you know, uh, yeah, he's got four books. One was the love language. They're coming from the the love language, the five love languages. You guys have you read that? One? Yes. I thought I that the, was We did the test on that. I don't think I read the book, but I did the the test on the love languages. Well, so it's that author, Lori. It's the it's, it's the author. One, that's one. There's one. Yeah. There's and there's um a few more and what's what will happen is I'll go and find that piece of paper um that he handed us out um so that he, they wanted to let us know where they're coming from as far as that goes um as far as their sermons go he and his wife have actually given the sermon on Sundays right now and actually it's online too if there's a if you go to ordinaryfaith.net you can go to sermons and you can actually find those relationship sermons and um so you've got me very concerned because i don't have 30 years to go through faking it chaos <laughs> emptiness and communication so um anybody got any recommendations I didn't say it had to take 30 years of anything really I think it can but I what I loved about it is now because I can look backwards and I can say oh that was a great year that was a horrible year that was a, you know I can look back um when he says these things I can think about gosh when I was in that stage would have been nice to know oh this is a stage that you work things out like he says when you're in the chaos stage it's working things out you stick in there and you communicate you stay in there see and then you're able to get out of that stage and he you know he just he says that you know he says that 
when you people they gather evidence because um, okay so I have this perfect man that I marry and then we go through and we go through the chaos stage like you ain't the person that I thought you were and they're going looking at us doing the same thing and um, but to he says and then you start digging he calls it crap he says you just start putting crap in the back and he says you know you just start being resentful and you don't talk about it and you just keep and all of a sudden he said you think that it doesn't stink and he said <laughs> it stinks terribly so he said how do you get through that crap you you know learn to communicate and how do you do that that's that love and respect um, because uh, women want the love and men want the respect and what how do you get how do you give them what they want and so I just really love that I, I just really love that it's being addressed in in our community in our um, in our world because so many of us we get in that chaos stage and then we're bailing and he said that here in Wyoming that there are most people are on their third and fourth marriage. He said in Wyoming, we haven't given up on marriage. We still want marriage, but we can't figure it out. So we still keep getting, diving in there and saying, I do and being committed, but then there's not a way to, to continue to be successful in that marriage. So that's why he gave this series and Rand, he loves to talk to people about he loves to counsel i I am enjoying everything you are saying it's just really illuminating because uh you know my wife is right now is telling me how she's lost respect for me and she spent the last year figuring i was going to die this year and she made all these plans about me dying this year and i'm like i don't think this is happening and so um now she's ready to end the marriage and she's trying to figure out how she can get me out of here and she could have the condo that we live in, that sort of stuff. It's really, very, very fascinating. This whole love thing is, <laughs> I think I'm well, going to Wyoming next. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I I, in Wyoming. <laughs> but I, I feel like, you know, they said that uh, this is the minister again, but he just said that, you know, the big thing is, yes, do not ever put up with abuse. No, 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 no. If you're in an abusive relationship, no, no, no. But he said, you know, a lot of people are not in abusive relationships. They're in, they feel like they're loveless relationships or they feel like they're, you know, um, have, they don't have anything in common anymore. But he said the, the, uh, those are the marriages to really work on and to be, have hope for. And so, um, and, and, and so, uh, can I, can I jump in for a minute? I guess the sure. issue for us is my wife loves me tremendously. I love her tremendously, but I've been sick for 10 years and the grief is so overwhelming for her. She can only be around me for a short period of time. She doesn't live with me anymore, but, um, it's the grief. Uh, that she feels around that and um, watching the physical decline, you know, where now, you know, I'm a scooter and she can remember, you know, when I could do things and walk and, and, uh, and participate more in life. So um, I think that uh, I should talk to him sometime and say, Hey guy, 
what would you do with this mess? <laughs> well, you know, and, and I'd like to say something about that. I give this all up to the Holy Spirit at this point. I, I'm really dedicated to what Jennifer's teaching me because uh, uh, this is where the peace of God is for me, is just to say that you're right, the chaos is here, but in my mind, I'm living in the peace of God at this point. That's awesome. And I can speak to that, really. I have a husband that is ill. I have a husband that is declining. Um, and the it's a natural that, order of things, but my wife it, is. It is. It is. is but years, you know, she's 11 you years get, younger than me, and she feels like she's missing out on something. And she probably is, I guess. And um, from her experience, and there's ego driven, you know, she's not a Course of Miracles person. In fact, she told me this week, she says, I'm, I'm just done with your nonsense. You know, it's sort of like, all right, I just let it go. And we're all where we need to be in a given moment. I have no ego in this at this point. But I had to forgive my husband. I had to totally forgive his health because it's not his fault. It's not our fault that our bodies don't cooperate. Yes. And, and two I years think, ago. Mm -hmm. I don't think and, I'm getting that. For, I don't think she's come to forgive me for that. And, uh, you know, she's in that mode of saying, I spent 10 years with you, 10 wasted years when I could have been blah, blah, blah. It's like, Grr. so I'm trying to figure out, I guess my, my passion is be just the, the one-sided forgiveness. Every time I hear this, it's another opportunity to forgive, another opportunity to learn, to let go. And, um, um, Well, it would be like, how would, for you, on your part, would just be, how would you love her? How how would she feel loved? Well, I think, the thing that happens with me is my husband is very absorbed in himself because he, it does not feel good. Like, you know, he's had kidney transplants, so he takes lots of medicines and he's had open heart surgery, has diabetes and Right now he has injured his back and it is so painful. He has, he's in a lot of pain. So he, he um, tends to really get self-absorbed. And um, me, yeah. And, and I don't blame him, my word. I don't blame him. However, there's got to be a part in you and in him that can, because women need to feel loved and men need to feel respected. How could he, how does he give me love? Uh, yesterday I said, I need to take a track. I need to go to Idaho. And he, he just absolutely was so loving about it. I walked out of that house. I said, I fell in love with him again because that's, he shows me love by allowing me to, to, you know, be more free. Um, and, and so that's what I have to say. Go ahead. I will post for you a picture that I posted in, in Master Living 3 in Ascension Pathway. It was by uh, the, the, the famous monk from Vietnam about loving someone so they feel free again. So I will post that in your group today. Okay. I think that would be helpful. I'd like to share that with y'all. Um, yeah, your, your experience is so great for me because to hear someone other than my wife try to explain this to me 
uh, I've set my life up where I have, I live alone. I have caregivers coming three days a week, to take care of the house and the housework. You know, I, I'm pretty able to take care of myself at this point. And, uh, but yet, you know, my wife feels this heavy emotional burden being with me, even being, you know, and, um, it can be. I mean, it really can be. I, I have to have a choice. Like my choice as a wife was to say that on, I didn't, I don't know when he's leaving, but I always, you know, for years, I've always thought that he was going to be gone. And I can't believe we've almost been married 38 years and he's still alive. It's fabulous. We were married a year and a half and he got diabetes after we were just fairly new after newlyweds. And I always figured that diabetes was going to take him under within, you know, 20 years. Well, it's been 38 since we've been married. So it's like miracle every single day. And, but I had to make the choice. And I thought, I said to myself, that man, I'm going to love him till the end. And he's going to say, could have done it without you. And that's how I present. That's how I try to love him is just, you know, just love him and forgive him. I mean, some days when he got in so much pain that I feel like ignored, I have to just really understand that why wouldn't you be in pain? Why wouldn't that um, drive some, um, you know, his fears and whatever is driven up in him? So, um, um, but I, I have had a lot, I did a lot of work in Masterful Living too last year until June with just within him and making him so wrong, bad and wrong about his health. And finally, when I let it go, completely let it go, it was, it has been like, I probably have not even shared this with this group because um, it, it has been the most miraculous thing that has ever occurred in my heart to just love him and um, not make him wrong anymore for having, you know, like shots and doctor's appointments and, you know, his blood sugars go high and low. And You've been so through he's... quite a journey with kidney transplant, heart work. Heart and, surgery. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just had a retina. Um, he just got blind in one eye last year. And so we spent the whole year um, going to get it fixed. And it did fix, but his anger and his moodiness and everything last year was he had such big anger fits and not to take it personally and to go back in there and just to be loving and patient has, you know, it, it definitely has um, exercised my muscles. Um, and, um, and, but, you know, he's a, but he's a kind guy, you know, this is the deal. He's doing his part too. He's a very, I say anger fits, but it's not against me at all. It's against, you know, son of a bitch. You know, he's got these horrible anger because he's so upset about the, his condition. But but um, he is so nice and kind to me and so generous to me. That's what keeps our marriage, too. So I've got a partner that works um, in different ways that he can't work in. Let's go for a bike ride because he's not capable of going for a bike ride anymore. Let's hike up a mountain. I can't, he hates to travel because he doesn't feel good. You know, so he's got all of that where I can feel stuck, but he's got, well, go with your sister then. You guys go on the trip. And so, 
you know, I have a lot of freedom there. And, and um, so I, it is a partnership I and, mean, you know, it's give and take. And, um, but I mean, I have compassion for your wife too. I do too. Because, because it, it can't, I mean, look, if you're 59, she's 48. Then. Yeah. That's exactly and, right. And it is, I mean, sometimes when I was in my envy jealous stage, I wanted to have a husband that would go to Europe with me and ride bikes all over Europe, you know, and I felt bad and sorry for myself because I, I sometimes felt punished for having him having a husband that had this, but really when, when I worked through it and when I, I, you know, when, when spirit really, really had me realize what I actually had is the best blessing of my life. I don't care about bike riding anymore with him in Europe, you know, so, and it's, I, you know, so I understand, I can, I empathize with your wife, but I guess the only thing I could encourage you to do is how does she feel loved by you? Because when you, when my husband just is absorbed in himself, I'm very, very, very lonely. If I put concentration, I'm very lonely because, you know, I say, oh, I've got kind of an ache in my elbow and he will go on and on and on about how what he's going through. And I'm like, I have to tell him, wait, mention my elbow first before you go on. You know, cause he has to hear me, too. So, I don't know. Part of, part of my issue, of course, is I'm a retired physician, so I'm doing a lot of self-medication at this point. And I used to take care of her, but now she no longer wants, you know, my help in life in that regard. This is another sad thing for me, you know. But that's something just to let go of. But, yeah, you're pointing out some really lovely things. Um, um, Wintertime for her, uh, when, you know, the, the serotonin naturally gets low for people, they get angry usually. Um, things around January is when things sort of get to their low point around here. And uh, for her, not for me, I'm usually pretty rock steady on this sort of stuff. Um, gosh, I just wish, um, but you know, everybody's on their own growth path. She's on hers. Um, well, she loves you because she keeps coming back. Yeah, but she's been planning my death for the last few months. Yeah, yeah. And she would go to these psychics as telling her I was going to die. And then I didn't die. Then she goes back to the psychics for more. And it's like, oh, my gosh, can you just leave these people alone and let me, you know, my life is in God's hands. I'm Holy Spirit will take me whenever he wants. You know, I, I'm not in charge of that, you know. But, um for her, uh, the grief is so heavy, and uh, and she sees me as the cause of her grief, and that's not true. The grief is inside of her. And uh, yeah, we have choice in how we look at it. As yes, wives. we have we have absolute choice in how we look at it. Yes, it's uh, exactly right. And so at this point. Um, she doesn't seem to have that self-realization. I hope she does someday, but you know, right now, um, 
And now that she's decided, well, you know, he's not going to die. So we just need to get divorced is what she wants. She just wants not to be able to see me or because to spend time with her, me causes her intense grief. It's, it's really complicated. That's probably because she's looking at you with that first stage. Yes. The very first stage of the fake. You know, my husband was so handsome when I married him. Gorgeous man. And now he's just really, really different. Way, way different. <laughs> and and so if I stay in the fake stage, I'm going to be so miserable. I am so, <laughs> Lori, where do I start to read these books? Because I like what you're saying. Which book should I start with to help me with this? It talks about these stages. Where, where, I which love one? I like, I think the love language, and I'll go get the list, but I think the love language would be so great because, you know, there's five, five love languages in the world, and one is the giver. So if, if I, if you give, and that's how I feel loved, mm -hmm. then you would give me gifts, and if I got gifts, I would like, I am so loved, right? But I'm not, I don't give me gifts. So, and then there's, a, because I, you have to do, I have to, you have to show me. So you're, for me to feel loved, you have to show me that you love me by, you know, doing things around the house, help make dinner for me. Things like that is my love language. And then there's the, so there's other, there's three other ones. Um, and so if you're give if you're doing something, a different love language for people, you're saying, yeah, but I love you because I do this. And it's not their love language. They're not going to feel loved. So I'll, I'll go get the author of that book. Hopefully I still have, I think I just saw it. And, um, are we friends yeah. on Facebook where you could just email it to, or, you know, Facebook me it or something or. Um, you know what, well, you guys, I, I'm going to put don't you in that. I know other people probably want to talk. Yeah. No, but let me, I'm gonna, let me, let me put it in the group chat as you guys Perfect. are visiting. So I'll go get, I'll go get my, the, the, and I'll type them in. You know, you it might be in the, it might be in the books listed because I think uh, Jennifer has talked about that before too. The well, love you could probably just Google the love languages and get that author, right? But, but, but Rand's asking. I'll get it. I'll get it that way. Uh, Lori, yes. I'd love to chat with you more because your perspective on the other side of the issue is so helpful. Just like Linda Soto uh, is another person that, you know, I just see this beauty in this process. Maybe it's, I guess this is not going to be my life. That's where things are going, but I do appreciate Well, you know, there's that. always hope because if you actually were speaking to your wife with her love language, because I don't feel like love has anything to do with the body. Yeah. But if they don't, if you don't feel loved, then, so let's, let's start there. And, um, but let me, I'm going to, I'm going to mute myself and stop the video and go and get my, collect my the, the items. All right. And I'm going to let everybody else. I've already taken two. No, I, I think you bring up some interesting things, Rand. Don't, don't feel badly at all. I, I, ha I just keep getting, instead of, you know, a grief that lasts so long that you can't even be bear to be around somebody to, I keep getting the word guilt mixed in so um 
it, it feels to me just from hearing what you say that there's, and it's not anything to do with you. It's, it's from her. Like, you know, so it's, it just feels differently than just marriages that need love languages. It feels to me like she's got work to do around prolonged grief and what feels to me more like guilt. And then what does that mean? And it just, it feels like it's, it feels to me like it's her. She just has a, a work that she needs to do and clarify. Then if, you know, then love language comes in, you know, it's like, what does she need? What does she want? Why does she feel so badly? What could she do about it? What, you know, is, if she feels her life is melting away in front of her, and what does that mean for her? Because, you know, you look at, I was thinking about, um, what was the guy's name that was played Superman, and he, he was uh, had the, the horse riding accident? Oh, that, no, yeah. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Reeves. And, you know, and that was, yeah, and, and his wife, and then she ended up dying too, I think, some, somewhat after he died, but. So I agree, I agree uh, with what Lori's saying that, you know, love isn't about necessarily about the body, but she, she is, she may be dealing with some issues of, you know, who knows, but it, it sounds like it's a bit aside. A bit you, aside. Uh, yeah. And I mean, along those lines could be to just encourage her to do the kind of work we're all doing, although it might take a different form for her, but the self inquiry, right? I mean, what is going on for her? Um, and, and if she could get as far as realizing that, it, you know, she's, I mean, it's, it, it is interesting because we can all kind of see clearly that she's doing some projecting and, and that, and that just like all the rest of us, it would be so much more healing and growth producing for her and her own pain. I mean, to, to, to encourage her somehow to, to look at that and to be willing. I mean, because otherwise it's, it's going to be unattended and she's going to divorce you and she's still going to have whatever it is. It, I, agree, not, I totally agree. Not fix it. So, so, I mean, because of the work we're doing here in masterful living, I mean, we can see this now it's, it's, so the most loving thing would be to, if, you know, if you can't do it on the verbal direct level because she can't be receptive, what's coming to my mind then is also go to the fifth dimensional level and be talking with her in such a way of uh, that that her mind could be opened to the healing that that she needs because she's in yeah. this for a reason and it's for her healing. And, yeah. and it's just so clear to see it now. And she's in pain and she thinks it's because of you and she's projecting yeah. it out on you. And what would happen if she would. So anyway, it's, it's just uh, so fascinating to listen to this and watch. And now we can, now this has come to our awareness, your situation with your wife in a way I've never quite understood before. Cause you've shared so much more. And so ho'oponopono, you know, now it's, now we can all be um, holding this with you, Rand. Uh, for for the sake of your healing and hers and ours. Yeah, and the transmutation of I'd say the violet flame transmutation of the um the miscreation from the projection into the truth so that she could have clarity as well. So I will I'll uh, keep that I like wrapping the violet flame around things. <laughs> oh, great. A lovely idea. Uh I do have the five languages, we took the online survey, so I know what she likes. I can tell you what those are. She's got 10 
is words of affirmation. And then eight, it says quality time. And six is physical touch, but she's at the point right now she doesn't want to be touched or hugged or anything. Um, and then five is acts of service. And then one is receiving gifts. <laughs> so uh, thought I'd share that. You're saying that her number one love language is receiving gifts? Uh, I think it's the other way around. It's the other way. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. And I've always given her that. And I've always told her I would never judge her. And I never have. But yet she spends most of her time judging the shit out of me. And so then I have just to let it all go and realizing that uh, her perception is what it is. Um, what sort would you mind sharing if it's not too personal? Like what are some of the judgments that she holds surrounding you? Well, she says, I used to have to put you on a pedestal, but now you have feet. Basically it's, I have feet of clay, you know, and she's, you know, and I'm self-absorbed into my illness because I'm always taking all this stuff. She comes over and sees all the different things that I'm taking. Um, as part of my process to heal and, uh, or just basically to manage, you know, uh, all this neuropathic pain. Yeah. I'm drinking a big cup of coffee right now because caffeine is pain relieving, you know, and, um, she says, you know, she spent 10 years being a caregiver, but you know, I, I really do take, a lot of care of myself you know it's not it's the emotional caregiving that she sees and so now i'm letting that emotional caregiving go I, the physical is all taken care of. i have caregivers come take care of me when i need it i can't clean the house and all that stuff or even cat box um so now i'm i've got the, the emotional caregiving i think she sees is divorce is the way to get out of that and uh I, I don't know. It's I, sort of an ugly way to go, but uh, and then I've got to, you know, after being ill for ten years, you know, things get to be very small. Very few friends come around anymore, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm learning to, you know, be living in the mind of God and uh, realizing that I, I'm going to be working on my likes and my deepest desires of my heart and realizing I created this situation for a purpose for learning. You know, this is not half stance that things have happened this way. This is my fourth marriage and uh, there's been uh, grief in several of them. So it, it seems to be something I've carried along. You do sound like you need to go to come to Wyoming. Yeah, I fit it pretty well. <laughs> Except I'm a liberal, and I think Wyoming's not too liberal. <laughs> I think it's 50-50, so you have a chance. <laughs> I have a chance. All right, there you go. Uh, my family is, is all back in Ohio, so she wants me to move back to Ohio you know, and do that. And People in Ohio want me to move back. The only problem is I'm pretty fragile and um, and require I, I don't even know how I would move. I'd have to have people come out here and 
gather me up and put me on a plane and take me to Ohio. Where, where do you live right now? I live in Eugene, Oregon, which Eugene, Oregon. I do truly love. I love living here. And uh, actually, I, I have an apartment right now on the 10th floor. And so it's got all these windows around me. So it's space with all these beautiful views. Uh, so I kind of like that. Uh, I just, I guess uh, I have to let go of all my preconceived notions about relationships and all. And uh, I've had too many of them. And uh, they must not be genuine. They, you know, I need to choose again. And uh, even if this one ends the way it does, I still need to heal the relationship, heal myself in the process. I really feel that the work we've done with Masterful Living, I'm, I'm healed. It may not manifest on the outside, but I truly really feel healed in my heart. So that's it's really been amazing, amazing path to be on. Rand, could, could, you, could you stay in your, being that maybe moving is not in your best interest, could you stay there and she move elsewhere? Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Uh, she's planning to go to uh, social work. She wants to become a social worker, master's MSW. Mm -hmm. And um, so she's applying for that. And um, so um, I've been uh, funding the, her apartment rent at the other place. And she works as uh, with special ed kids right now. She's an educational assistant. And uh, but when she goes to the master's of social work, she probably won't work during that time. So but I've already given her uh, half of our assets. She has that. And, um, you know, I've done, this, done a, uh, as much as I think I can at this point. I don't think from her perspective it's ever going to be enough, unfortunately. She never feels happy about that. So. Well, take take care of yourself. Look out for you too. You know what's what's oh. in your best interest. It doesn't sound like moving's in your best interest, given your health. And you love your you love your apartment. You love your condominium. Yeah, but you know I don't really have anybody in Eugene. I don't have any close friends. I just have caregivers and things like that. And um, if my wife moves away, which she's already indicated she's going to do. It's just going to be, you know, me. <laughs> and uh, I have to question, you know, can I pick up? Do I want to move? Um, you know, nice thing about living in Oregon is it it's a, it feels warm. It's a state that feels like uh, uh they would take, you know, this, there's a certain amount of uh, feeling that the state would, you know, be backing, take care of you, make sure that, <laughs> which I don't know if Ohio would be like that, you know. I guess I have to work on that trust and faith is that's the next issue I'm planning to work. I just will be finishing the workbook. I've just finished going through it this year. And that will be, I'll be working on 
the teacher's guide, I think is my next journey for next year, which is, seems to be a lot of what's going on in my life right now. The little bits that I've read. Way to stick in the game. Stick in the game. <laughs> yeah, way to, way to do that. Way to play. Yeah. And you could be uh, like an online teacher, uh, which would suit your disability. And then you'd have lots of connections and friends and associations. So I don't really see that you're going to be alone, alone, because you're not yeah. anyway, as we all know. Yeah. I really feel a company of heaven, and I invite the angels into my life daily um, and uh, to be with me. And that gives me a lot of peace. I uh, just need to uh, master, I need to, I want, the desire of my heart is to master this this complicated relationship and do the healing in this life. And uh, I guess my wife will be doing the 12 steps is what she's doing right now. She's into this, the, uh, you know, the step program. So there's some opportunities to awaken there. I've seen some people really turn their lives around doing the steps. So Well, I looked at uh, I looked for the information that I received on Thursday and I don't have it. So I will gather that for next week. I will have okay. that for you guys um the books. So I had it yesterday, and then it was put somewhere else. So I'll have to yeah. think, I'll have to look, or I'll ask the, you know, his uh, the pastor's wife if if she could give me the list again. But it yeah. just, you know, Rand, I just as I look at my husband, um, when I, you know, the forgiveness is it was really important for me because as soon as I forgave him, and we're talking a year and a half ago, that I really, really let go. You know, most of all, I mean. When he has, when he's very, very um, in pain, it's difficult for me. I don't want to say that I'm like you know, all the way, <laughs> but you know, when you can really forgive somebody, I, I walked in the house, I was out in the backyard and I walked in the house at, at, when I let it completely go, that it was anything that he was doing it to me on purpose or something. And I walked in the house and all of a sudden I, he said, honey, and I just, it was like a chirpy bird. It was beautiful. And I thought, wow, because I've been so on it, I wasn't able to even hear what he had to offer me. And then the ne that day too, he called me sweetheart. And then I started really noticing how nice he really treated me and how, what a nice loving husband he was. Because you, you really can't see the forest through the trees when you're making somebody wrong about things that they have, they can't control. But, you know, I often wonder um, about, well, I think this is where I wonder if people with great pain, are you in great pain? I have constant neuropathic pain that I have to uh, tend to with some powerful drugs. But uh, it, it, I can take it down to about a five or a six on a scale of 10. 
But when I first wake up in the morning, it's usually an eight or a nine or ten. But I think I think that being having being around compassionate people. Because, like, I can look at my husband and he takes, like, 36 pills in the morning and 36 pills at night. Can wow. you imagine the concentration it takes to make sure, because your kidney has to keep functioning, right, as a kidney yeah. transplant, to make sure that that small pill and the big pill and the this pill and the that pill, and to put it, he puts it in little containers, and then to make sure that he remembers to take it and to remember to, you know, all that stuff that keeps him, his body operating I, he doesn't have a lot of room. He doesn't have a lot of room. And I, that, when I know that, I, I was, I, when I know that he is doing the best that he can, and I'll bet you are too, but you guys just do not have a lot of room and you need to be around compassionate people to understand that that room, yeah, you will have some room for your wife, but probably limited right? Or do you have a lot of room? Am I right or what? Um, it helps uh, me with my husband. She is, like I say, is pulling away so intently. She doesn't want me to use endearing terms. You know, I call her honey. So I don't want that anymore. And, uh, you know, she's done. But she says I'm done and that sort of thing. So um, I guess I just have to uh, work on letting her go and doing what she needs to do. And uh, I will work on choosing. I think I like to stay here in, in, in Eugene, but uh, my path may take me back to Ohio too, so i got to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. Diana, how are you doing before we go? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. You know, I was just listening and realizing that my son and I had different love languages. And, uh, you know, because I would say to him many times, I don't know. I said, you and I talk a different language. I just don't understand this. (laughs) You know, uh, so, but it helped me to understand what was really happening. Yeah, because if we love the way our love language is, and but they don't have that same language, and you can read that in the five languages, it doesn't, it doesn't penetrate in them. Mm-mm. They don't feel it. I don't want roses. I don't want flowers. I don't want, I don't want that. I don't, I mean, I, I like it fine, but it's not going to, if you you know, it's not good. My sister, her love language, you can wine and dine her with language. Oh, it's one, you're wonderful and beautiful and lovely and all that stuff. And I'm like, show me, show me that I'm beautiful and wonderful. Don't tell me. <laughs> so it just all depends on, on how um, you, you know, how you see love. So good. I'm glad you're doing well. Yeah, some days are better than others, but I'm doing pretty good, I think. You know. (laughs) And Tracy, are you getting your commitments going on with that, all the stuff in your world? Um, Yes and no. And I don't know, it's, uh, you know, I put a um, 
I think I would like to share something today, but just to give you guys an idea, I put out um, an email to my, the attorney who's coaching me through this. Again, I am not, I'm deciding not to litigate, but I do need attorney help to get me through this since there's so much conflict and, and they threaten legal, right? So that's part of what's making everything take longer because if you've got a threat of something legal, then everything has to be documented, which takes a ton of time. So anyway, but yes, I'm making progress, but I sent an email to my attorney, to the attorney to tell her, you know, this is the progress I've made and, and questions. And I thought, since I have so many, I better just put this in an email. So, you know, my understanding is that I need to do this this way. Is that right? And, and on this, I'd like to do this. Is that okay? Um, you know, so I had like a list of things and, I sent it to her a week ago and she hasn't responded yet. So, um, and she's made some other mistakes and anyway, so for me, I'm just, I've, it's, um, I've had such a difficult time finding a good attorney and, um, and I thought, but, but I mean, she's just not, she's not responding. She hasn't had her assistant say, Oh, she's so overwhelmed. I mean, she's really busy right now, but she'll get back to you. I mean, nothing, just nothing. Um, so I talked to a, another attorney that I, I, I know not well, but I said, can I just run this by you? I mean, am I being too, like, is, this and this and this has happened with this attorney. Should I be concerned? Am I being too, uh, am I being too something? I mean, and I told him a few of the things and he said, no, no, that's not good. Uh, no, that's too long. So anyway, so here I am um, needing some legal coaching so that I don't make mistakes so that, um, you know, and, and now I might have to find another attorney, which I'm really, really tired of looking for attorneys. Um, anyway, so that's, uh, so I am making progress, uh, but the other part of the answer is I've, I've run into some, you know, much more minor health issues than what Rand's dealing with, but, but the, the ones that are on my level. And I, so this is, this is the breakthrough I've had this week that I really think I'll share because, um, I felt like I should. I think it might be helpful to somebody else. It's very significant for me. Um, so, so my uh, my part part of my health issues are in in my digestive system, and it shows up on my arms. I figured out what happened on my arms is connected with my digestion. Um, and so I've been. Um, I, I've learned that a couple things. One that um, for me for now, I need to give my stomach more of a break. I eat three meals a day and spread my eating out that long doesn't give my stomach enough of a break. So, uh, and I've heard this from other people. So there's some kind of weird noise going on from somebody. Anyway, so, so anyway, so I'm experimenting with that. It's working great for me. So I try to eat within a six to eight hour window and then not eat the rest of the time. And I feel so much better so and I'm not hungry I mean I thought I'd be hungry I'm not I'm not hungry so 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 that's helping and my arms are clearing up a lot but this past week I hit into a day where I uh I just ate a little bit in the morning and then I had a really bad stomach ache and it was a day where I had to go to the office and have clients and stuff so anyway that all worked out but what I've come to in my awareness is that um for me and I want to say this very carefully because this is a really sensitive issue. I'm not telling anybody else what to do, <laughs> just for me. Um, it's time for me to stop eating meat. And what I've become aware of is that I've been overriding the part of me that knows I love animals and that 
um, I've been believing that I need meat because I can't eat so many other things in order to feel satiated. And though I felt bad about it, I'm like, but if I don't eat meat, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm down to like lettuce. I'm exaggerating, of course. But but anyway, now I've realized, no, I'm, again, David Hawkins' work and Course in Miracles. I'm like, I'm a being of not a body of spirit and consciousness. So this is a belief. This is a mistaken belief. I believe I have to eat meat. I, I believe animals have to die so I can live. I'm starting to realize, you know, again, for me, this isn't working anymore. And I think that, you know, the physical pain was, again, the alarm clock, right? The alarm clock going off. And I finally realized, oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm a person who I love animals. And um, I've been overriding this, thinking, but I, you know, you eat meat. I, I grew up in a family where you eat meat. And um, so anyway, and I, I, so I'm, um, so after this week, I've realized, no, I can, I can just decide to not need to eat meat anymore and to, to know there's lots of other protein sources. And, um, and that for my system right now, um, I think that is what's going to, and I, and I've also been saying to make an adjustment like that, because I know when I adjust things, whether it's even, even this adjusting my eating window, it, it takes time. It's a little discombobulating. You have to learn how to reorganize your whole schedule and stuff. And uh, it's, it's a little time consuming. Um, so I thought I've got to wait till I finish the trust administration to drop me. Cause that's going to be such a big adjustment. It's going to take so much time. And, and so I was trying to do that, but that's where Wednesday I got this really bad pain. And it's like, my consciousness is just to a point where it's like, no, no, we can't wait anymore. Now this is now that I'm aware that this is causing me pain. Um, no, I can't wait two or three more months. That's way, way too long on a psychic energy, emotional level for me to live with this anymore. So it, it's interesting for me because I'm doing a, a lot right now of spiritual work. I'm doing a lot of deep meditation where I'm getting beyond words to a, a a place of 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 feeling i'm really um it was pretty hard to describe it's um well it's getting past the words i don't even know how to talk about it right now but it feels like my sensitivity on the blocks is moving along in such a way that it's like okay this one now this one needs to go and so so um dina you were picking up that Rand's wife might be feeling guilt. This is what I became aware of this morning. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The guilt I've been feeling about this. I, you know, completely unconscious about it, but I've basically realized, you know, what I've been saying is, well, because I need this, these other living creatures have to die. And again, I'm not telling anybody else what they should think. Of course, I've heard of this stuff from other people. I've heard this, you know, how they're raised and inhumane and blah, blah. But um, but now I realize, okay, um, you know, of course, the miracles talks about the links between our guilt um, that comes from the belief in separation um, on all different levels. Um, from God, but from each other, from animals, from the living kingdom, from, you know, and then the fear that comes. If you feel guilty, then, of course, you fear you're going to be punished. And so I've, I've just, for me, and then how I project that out and see it in other places. So for me, I'm kind of like you, Dean. I'm like, I'm kind of pretty excited today because I feel like, 
oh, yay, I'm finally ready for me to let this go. And I'm just sharing it also in case anybody else is at a point where they're um, maybe have pushed this away or are overriding and it might be causing you pain too. Um, no judgment, just like, you know, I didn't know. I didn't realize I was continuing to make a choice that was causing me so much pain and and health issues um showing up as health issues um and so today i'm just feeling like oh and i've been so afraid i'm not going to have the energy if i don't eat meat now i'm realizing oh my gosh i'm i'm i was torturing myself i'm i'm gonna feel so much better um finding you know a different way so anyway that's uh uh, that's a long answer to your question, Lori, but this is kind of my curriculum, which is this whole thing that's going on with my family now that's bringing the issues to my awareness. And it's, you know, Rand's got his curriculum. We all have our curriculums, right? Uh, so this is a challenge that's in my face, and this is part of my growth process this week. And I'm um, I'm feeling really grateful, um, really, really grateful but physically I've been in pain a lot this week you know because the next day I thought I I mean I basically went that whole day without eating and I was kind of because I couldn't I just couldn't I was too much pain and I was kind of surprised I'm like wow I feel pretty good I'm doing my client work and then I went to a meditation thing afterwards and um and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not starving. I'm not passing out. <laughs> I'm fine, you know. <laughs> and then the next day I kind of went back to my regular eating and pain again. I'm like, you know, I just, just, I just got to change. I just, it's not going to, I can tell, not going to work anymore. So, um, and, and, and I could go further into my awarenesses about how this is connected with everything else, but there's not enough time, but, but it's all connected. So anyway. Living your truth. That's That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's helpful for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I also with, um, you know, with the trust, I wanted to just tell you that what happened with uh, my sister and I is we actually set a date in time. And so we made up a date and it was September 15th. And we decided that we would have the whole house situation completed at that point. And it was amazing just by creating that time that it moved everything into that. It aligned, everything aligned. And we had moved out everything from the house in, on September 14th. Not unbeknownst, we didn't sit down with the planner and go, you know, this date, that date, this date. It just completely aligned. And then by September 14th, we were out the brother could move into the house September 15th and it's just moved uh, something out of our way. It just has expanded us in lots of different ways. So just wanted to throw that. Yeah, out. I think that's valuable. And I've become aware too, that it's important for me to have some intention about a timeline and to claim the power of my mind to do that. And so I have something like that too. So even though these things are happening on the externals and I don't have um, cooperation in the communication realm, um, I do, I do, I have, I have realized that to just keep saying, I don't know, I don't know, you know, is it's not very powerful. And um, that the most loving thing to do for all of us is for me to have a timeline in mind, which I do now. And thank you for sharing that though. Well, yeah. And I'm just so, I'm so grateful that um, 
Tammy being the trustee, that she's released at least from that. We still have other property, but she's released from that particular section, session, or what section probably of the trust. And um, I'm just so grateful that she, you can feel it and sense it and see it in her, how it just has released a lot of things for her. So I know. So it's so nice that you have compassion and understanding for her. That's really so nice. For you too. I, we've been, we've been prayer partners and, um, and you're the trustee. And I know that working with Tammy like I did this whole year it was so, such a burden on her yeah and for me I'm doing two I don't know if you remember that I'm doing two trusts and and oh. I think that's what I mean it's hard enough for somebody who hasn't done it to understand I mean impossible I didn't know I had no idea so you know I don't blame anybody else for not understanding how could they possibly but to have two of them and have them intertwined is what I'm realizing that's part of why attorneys some of them will just say, no, no, I won't touch that with a 10 foot pole. That, you know, uh, so this is why I'm having part of why I'm having a challenge getting help is because it's not simple. Mm -hmm. And, and then the family dynamics, um, and, even and more having that part of the family. So, yeah. And so part of me is thinking what the message might be is just for me to learn how to do it with spirit. You know, I might, I, I might not be able to find legal help and that might be part of the design, you know, the, the whole legal system is is based on um, op separation, obviously. Good guy, bad guy, right, wrong, you know, and I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but guidance is appreciated. But, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a pretty complicated situation. So. Mm -hmm. We'll pray for you. Thank you. Pray for you too, Rand and Dina and Diana. We all have different issues and different things to but we all all we want is peace and enlightenment with the yeah yeah and i thought i'm going to look up those five languages because even in relationship with my brother and sister all relationships benefit from this yeah because mm -hmm. it's the relationships is the most important part obviously yeah. right right great okay you would like to play out Father, Mother, God, the whole company of heaven, the Holy Spirit, and we're all in this room with us together today, the entire company of heaven guiding us, and we're so grateful and thankful that Spirit is here helping us whenever we need it. We call upon them as we need it. The angels come forth anytime. We put our trust in the Holy Spirit. We put our wills aligned with the Holy Spirit. And we know that everything that happens is for the best. It's for our learning. It's for the ultimate love that God has for us in this life. So we're grateful and we're thankful. We're full of love and compassion for each other, for everyone. We feel agape. And we're so thankful and grateful 
This is how we live our lives. We're thankful for our teacher, Jennifer, that helps us decipher the, the meaning of the Course in Miracles. We're thankful for each other in this class, so grateful for all these wonderful spirit beings as they bring their deep hearts together. We share this gifts with everyone, knowing this enlightened, these ahas for each other are shared across the entire humanity, knowing we are all one in this process. And we let it be with love and compassion. Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. Thank, thank you. Blessings, everybody.